You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome in to the next edition, the fifth edition of the Players' Lounge. I am Tommy Ashley. That's Joey Powell. We are brought to you by Heels for Life. I'm going to let Joey explain everything about Heels for Life before we get started. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you see our special guest today is Mr. Will Hardy. Georgia product in North Carolina playing safety for the Tar Heels. But before we get started with Will, Joey, tell us why Heels for Life is so important for North Carolina football, North Carolina fans, and the entire North Carolina universe. Tommy, what's the one thing that people say to us probably the most when we get off the air at uh, at the bowls lot and we're doing IC Live, other than here, have, have this drink? Like, what's yeah. one, some, one thing that somebody asks about all the time? Everybody asks, what can they do? Always ask, what can they do? They always ask about NIL. And, you know, I remember last year we had Graham Boone, the Heels for Life executive director, on on the show with us. The very first game against FAMU, we were getting rained on, and Graham was talking about his vision for the organization. And why that's important is because if you want to stay, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and you want to stay in the you know, proverbial arms race with college football, you got to make sure that UNC has a strong NIL collective uh, for its football players. And that's what Heels for Life brings. But not only is Heels for Life helping to to bring together donors and these players, allowing them to profit off their abilities and their likeness, they're also plugging them into places in the community. And if you care about what's always been called the Carolina way and, and what these guys look like off the field and how they're you know carrying the UNC brand, uh, then what Heels for Life is doing for these players and for the football program is, is immense and, and, and deserves your support. So go to heelsforlife.org, heelsforlife.org. If you're listening, if you're not watching this um, on the YouTube, but you're listening to it, heels, the number four, life.org. Find out how you can be a monthly subscriber. You can help. You can make a difference. You can help North Carolina uh, compete with all these other schools that, you know, I just saw where, Tommy, I don't know if you saw this, they passed a law in Texas that Texas schools can't be prosecuted if the, by the NCAA if, as long as they're playing by the rules. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like the most Texas-ish I've ever heard in my life. Um, so all I'm saying, if you're listening to this, if you're a part of this show, if you're a fan of IC, if you're a fan of Carolina football, go to heelsforlife.org. See how you can be a part of, of what they've got going, how they're supporting these guys. And with that said, let's have a peachy show. Yep, absolutely. Georgia product. Georgia peach. Mr. See what Will I did Hardy. there? 
I, I, that's started. Perfect. <laughs> I, I mean, he's good at that stuff. And that's why I kicked it to him because I just, I'm like straight to the point. Will, what's going on, man? I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you joining us. How, how is life here for a North Carolina football fan? What are we, mid-June 2023? What's going on in Chapel Hill? Yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I'm uh, really excited. Um, but, you know, mid-June, um, we're on the back end of summer session one. So there's sort of two sessions for the for school, for the school calendar. Um, and so got class every day this week. Um, and then have workouts every day except Wednesday. So we work out four times a week. Um, and then next week we got a little break and finals. Um, so basically it's school every day um, with workouts every day. And so I leave the I leave the place at six in the morning, don't get back till five. So it's 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 basically the spring over and over again. So there's not much of a summer break. Uh, the weekends still feel like summer, but it's 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 quick. Uh, and there's, there's not a, there's not a ton of, ton of time, time to break. Well, if it makes you feel better, I was sitting on the beach this morning, um, and watching some big fish be weighed in around lunchtime, um, at the big rock tournament. So, um, I, I took care of the beach for you since you're Thanks. in Chapel Hill working out. It, it is funny to me though. People think college athletes, they, they think that, you know, they play, they live in the limelight, they get all this, they do this and that. And here you guys are in june and it's not really hot yet but it's starting to get hot working out going to summer school doing whatever you can starting first thing in the morning so let's do that let's start way back you come from a family and i was doing some research before we talked to you and i'd heard about it during the recruiting process but you've got an extensive family tree that is extensively football mm -hmm. tommy can I, can I step on you here i i've, I've got to bring us i don't know if will even first remembers question. this i don't know if will remembers this movie tommy you've seen forrest gump right no, I've never seen it. God, oh, no, don't bring that up. Get out of here. Okay. Let me ask a question. Will, have Will. you seen Forrest Gump? Yeah, I've seen it, but if you quote something, I probably won't know. No, it. no, I'm not going to quote it. <laughs> that when, when Forrest is talking about, it's like, and my dad was in the war before this, and his dad was in the war before that, and his dad, and he does the same thing with Bubba Gump, who's his mama cooked shrimp and her mama cooked yeah. shrimp. And her, this is what I felt like when Tommy's talking about how many of your people in your family, dads, granddads, great granddads play football. All right, Tommy, I'm done. Go ahead. God knows. What was it like, Will? What was it like growing up in a family like that? I, I don't, you know, my grandparents were old, so I never really knew them, but I was looking back. I mean, everybody in your family seems like not only played football, but played it at a high level and played it at a, a, a level high enough to win awards. Um, what was that like being a part of that as a young guy growing up? Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I'll sort of go down the the family tree real quick. So my, it's really more on my mom's side. My great, great grandfather, um, played for Mercer. Uh, he actually played, I think this is like 1890s. So he played against Georgia in Georgia's very first game. Um, and then his son, so my great grandfather, um, played at Georgia, was like the first consensus All American Georgia ever had. Played in the NFL for the Packers, for Lambeau, um, won a world championship, which was what they called it. There wasn't even a Super Bowl back then. Um, also played in the MLB. Uh, but I mean, back then, you know, it's sort of easier to do that, I guess. Um, and then my grandfather played at Georgia um, and then he had all girls. So it sort of died out there. Um, but then my dad played at uh, Wheaton College, uh, D3 Christian Christian school in uh, Illinois, played quarterback there. And then um, me and my brother both playing Division One football right now. He's at Richmond. And so it's been 
in my blood, in my family ever since I was born. Um, got the earliest memories of me just being being around the game. Um, my dad's also a coach, so like literally, I mean, I was born and my dad probably went to practice right after that. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's part of me. Did you have an option? If you'd have popped up and said, hey, look, I'm just not feeling football. I, I don't think I'm going to do this. I mean, was that even – you? what would have happened if you'd have done that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I never didn't want to play football. Like, they must have just poured it onto me when I was young and just like, you like football. You like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I, there's like a, literally a picture of me at the hospital less than a day old holding the football. So, just, yeah. That, that's pretty awesome. I mean, when you, you know, it. fun fact in my family is my wife's grandfather and then his brothers were the three Davis brothers at Duke. Um, and that's been always been a sort of a kind of like I have a little bit of light for Duke because of that. But that was way back before anything, before TV. Well, there was a little bit of TV, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> they were legends at Duke. And it's cool to look back and see, like, those dudes, they played without help, face masks. They yeah. – they did not care and they were something but anyway so so you're ingrained in football you start playing football what are your earliest memories being out there on the field mm -hmm. like i don't know what they call it in georgia it was peewee football here mm -hmm. um what was pop that warner. like was it pop warner down there i guess I mean, pop west where he's from i would imagine it's pop warner yeah i mean it wasn't really called pop warner um down in georgia at least uh like so i played so we originally um i lived in illinois up until I was five. Um, so my dad was, he coached at Wheaton where he played. He was the OC there. Um, but I mean, I didn't play. I played maybe flag football when I was four or five. And then we moved down to Georgia. Um, he took a head coaching job at a high school, uh, like brand new high school. So he was the first coach there. And we joined. Um, so basically that's Gwinnett County, uh, which is an amazing county, especially in Georgia. But all across the country for football. Um, and so I played tackle football, starting there when I was six years old. Uh, and that was in the GFL, so Gwinnett County Football League. Um, and like, it's crazy. Like looking back, the people, the guys I played against, I mean, like there's so many guys from that six-year-old league that are D1 football players right now. And like you play them when you're six and then you look snap your fingers you're in high school you're like dang i remember that guy i remember playing that guy um so when you're from from georgia but especially gwinnett county um like there's athletes everywhere and so some of my earliest memories are playing six-year-old football um had a great great coach that just like him him his son just super close um but those yeah those memories are really fun i'll, I'll be honest will if you would have answered tommy's question considering your pedigree You'd answer Tommy's question and said, yeah, the, I was born, doctor slapped me on my butt, and then my dad chained me to a jugs machine. I would have bought it, right? Like, just <laughs> soup to nuts, I would have bought it. Um, and and so, staying with that whole catching passes thing, you were a decent receiver in high school, according to the old internet. I mean, it, what what made you decide to move over to the defensive side of the ball? Because it's – I know you guys talk about it in the locker room. There's a little bit of a, of a difference in mindset between receiver – and a safety. How did yeah. you get to the point to where you, from where you were catching passes in high school to all of a sudden playing the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I would say, like, as a kid growing up, um, I sort of played like running back because I was athletic. Um, and then once we got once I got to high school, I really dialed in the receiver. Um, and obviously, I was at a, I went to Christian school, so we're playing both ways. You can't just play offense or defense. You got to play both. 
Yep, I both. Um, and so I'm playing receiver. That's really where I saw myself most because my brother was a quarterback. And so the amount of times I would be asked or be told, like, you got to go catch for Jackson. <laughs> okay, like, I'm like seventh grade. He's in ninth grade. I'm like, my my hands are like bleeding. He's throwing it so hard. Um, but like a lot of catching. So I think that's where I kind of found my love for receiver. Um, and then up until junior year, I had, I didn't have any offers still thought of myself as a receiver um, and then got my first offer as a safety. Um, I, I love defense. I love hitting people, but didn't really like, I'm like, I guess, uh, I guess people do see me more as a safety. Um, and then just talking with my dad, talking with um, my DC, just like they really saw me and the potential I could have at safety. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some, there's some days I miss, I miss running routes and, and catching the ball. It's, it's fun. I mean, obviously the hands matters, right? But help me understand. You're the expert here. Help me understand what does that conversation sound like when, when your dad or your and your DC come to you and say, "Hey, this offer is is for you, but it's for you playing on the other side of the ball. Like it's for you playing at safety primarily." What does that conversation sound like for for a kid in high school? Yeah, I mean, so obviously the first offer is like, "Holy crap, this is amazing! I don't care. I mean, put me at nose guard. I don't care. I'm, I'm coming." Um, so the first offer was amazing. Yeah, then you kind of realize you're like, dang, like I guess I guess safety is where they see me. Um, and so that that switch almost made me realize like, okay, I really need to dial in on safety. Um, and it's not that I didn't like playing defense ever. I loved both sides. I love football in general. Um, but that realization sort of came to where like, okay, I really need to craft the defense, but like my defensive skills um, while also like, being a great receiver but at that point in my career i really only focused on you know getting out there with the, with the quarterback and go run some routes um and like even throughout the recruiting process i got some offers to play both sides or just to play receiver uh and that like that that made me think like what 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 did i really want to do um but at the end of the day i i didn't decide the school based on the position i more just decided based on where i wanted to go so when you're getting offers, um, and of course we have what's listed, but what's that like? And what schools were you hearing from? I mean, I couldn't imagine having somebody call me and say, hey, we want you to come play football. We won't pay your way. <laughs> um, what was that like in that recruiting process? Where were those offers coming from? And then how did you ultimately narrow it down to, I guess, to Carolina and Virginia? Is that mm -hmm. fair? And mm -hmm. how, how did you get to that process going through it? Yeah, so I, I got a pretty interesting recruiting process just um, just because of kind of the COVID stuff. So I got my first offer January, right after my junior year, um, just based off film. Uh, like my dad came home uh, one, one random day. I, I was at, after basketball practice, and he's like, I got to tell you something. Uh, and then what he just told me is like, I talked to one of the Virginia coaches today, and uh, they want to call you tonight. Even that, I'm like, I hadn't, I hadn't had a coach – college coach ever talked to me so he, i'm like all i'm expecting is like hey saw your film uh i think you're a really good player like that's it and then i get on the phone my mom comes down starts videoing me i'm like okay what's about to happen <laughs> uh, she, told my, she told my dad and they offer me i'm like not like screaming the phone but i'm literally like just like screaming not making any noise but i mean i was shocked um because like it always been my dream to play football at the college level. I really didn't care if it was D1, if it was 
D3, like I just wanted to go somewhere great and play football. Um, so the first offer was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best feelings ever. Um, and then other schools started rolling in. Uh, like you post that on Twitter, it's like, oh, now other schools start piling in. Um, so I got some, some like, I got Georgia State, got a bunch of Sunbelt Sun Belt schools, um, started to get more ACC schools. Um, and then for spring break time, um, the, the window to like go visit schools still hadn't opened. It was still like the COVID stuff. Um, and so like April, really like we wanted to go visit schools. Um, co- coaches are like, hey, like really want you to come. Uh, like can't really talk to you a ton, but you can come watch practice. Come like it was it was it sort of sucked. Uh, so we took a visit. We drove up to Virginia um, and then sort of made our way down to Wake Forest. Um, those two schools stood out to me a lot. And then also visited Georgia Tech. So those three, I think, um, were the biggest at that point because North Carolina didn't offer me at that point. Um, they were still waiting. They they talked to me, but they said, like, they didn't have a ton of spots. They already offered a bunch of guys. And so um, came to official visit time, so beginning of summer, um, planned my OV to Virginia. And at that point, I guess I was actually already committed to Virginia. Um, so went on one official visit in the summer to Virginia. Uh, really like their coaching staff. Um, like the school. It's a, I mean, it's a great school. Got nothing against Virginia. Um, and I mean, was full, fully committed there up until December. Um, I guess I can, yeah. So UNC started hitting me up a little more towards like as the season started to progress. Um, in I think October, I think it was October, I visited a game on official visit, just kind of laying low, didn't really want the media to see anything. Um, like my, we had two former players play, so that was sort of the reason I was going on the visit. Um, but wanted to check everything out and learn more. And at that point, UNC had offered. Um, and so um, got, got to December, and then 10 days before signing day, Bronco Mendenhall steps down. I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do? Um, like that coaching staff was so tight. I knew, okay, if the head coach is stepping down, almost the whole staff is probably gone. Um, And you don't commit based on coaches, but I really like that coaching staff, and that was one of the reasons I was going there. Um, But it was also a reason that kind of let me reevaluate my decision. Um, That day, actually, before that, Jay Bateman, Coach Bateman was meeting me at the school, kind of trying to convince me to take an official visit. So it's like the day after I'm like, all right, I'm coming on a visit this weekend. Um, went on the visit, loved it. I th- I think UNC was always the spot for me. I had to have a big moment for me to like realize that and for me to change. I I really wanted to stay committed, just man of my word. Don't like, you know, being one of those guys that decommits, commits, decommits. Really wanted to stay committed. And then that opened up the window, gave me the opportunity to go to go visit UNC and I mean, yeah, it was it was a spot. Grew up a UNC fan. Um, all my all my dad's side is from Carolina. Huge Carolina fan, so it's a pretty crazy, pretty crazy story. Well, I mean, it worked out because during COVID, everything was crazy, mm-hmm. and you guys were you had guys getting offers based on film that had never been to schools and all that, and people committing and all, and then. And then Mendenhall steps down, and you and you do it, and for whatever reason, you wind up at North Carolina. You know, it was meant to be. We'll we'll, we'll put it that way. 
And you end up at UNC when you get to Carolina, um, and it's still sort of coming out of COVID stuff, I guess. I mean, it's still a little bit maybe. What is that like um, when you're in Chapel Hill, you're away from home? Because looking at your bio, I can't believe you they let you out of the state of Georgia um, <laughs> with all of those ties. But when you get to Chapel Hill, um, just sort of what was that like, that process, getting acclimated to not only Chapel Hill, but being a member of a, a D1 football school, yeah. uh, football team, and going forward there? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that helped me was obviously my dad just being around a college football atmosphere like he knew um knew what it'd been like so i sort of had some expectations and then a lot of former teammates um went to my high school played uh, at this like at this level and so uh, i had i had some good insight into what i was getting into um but like i, mean, I remember getting here about a year ago um like a year and a week ago i got here uh and just like from the get-go it was literally i moved in the next morning i'm working out with the team had like no idea what I was doing. Um, it, yeah, it's like so quick, but um, like just from the start, uh, I knew I was like, I gotta work my tail off, gotta work harder than any other guy on this team. Um, the freshmen are sort of split off to the side, so it was sort of a good opportunity for me to like be a leader in that group um, and then just outwork everybody. Uh, and so I think I did a good job of that. I pride myself on um, my work ethic. And so uh, those those two months in the summer, really just allowed me to to grind and um didn't think too much about football more just about competing and um winning every rep so will the the schools that you rattled off for us a second ago that you visited mm -hmm. uva georgia tech wake forest unc i mean that's obviously you're a pretty academic minded guy and you value you know what education is mm -hmm. how do you work that in to coming in you know, like you said, you're walking on the campus immediately. You're lifting weights less than 24 hours later with the squad. We know how intense Coach Hess and, and his his staff can be. Oh, and by the way, you've also got class. you got to start attending really soon. Yeah. What's that transition like for a guy that, again, you're education-minded, you care about academics quite a bit, mm -hmm. and then also you're just being thrust into this brand-new D1 college football you know, moment of your life? Like, yeah. What is that like for a kid your age? Yeah, I will say, I mean, it's it's sort of crazy, like, looking on your phone, texting all your friends from high school. It's like, yeah, I'm living a different life now. You know, the summer's over. Uh, I, I might not have a summer until I graduate now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, it's different. Um, it's I sort of like how, how we do it. Like, the, the new freshmen that come in the summer, um, they'll take one class, and it's it's sort of an easy kind of welcome to college class. Mm -hmm. uh, so that helped me get acclimated. Um, and then the fall hits the fall. I mean, the fall is busy. Like you got four or five classes. Um, I mean, they're as difficult as you make it right. You can take difficult classes. I, I try to take really, like important classes that meet, uh, all the requirements. Um, and so those like that, that first fall, when you're getting home after meetings at 8 PM, <laughs> like, I got it. A test tomorrow no you got practice before you got the test uh you know, it's like it's yeah it is sort of crazy um but it's fun i love it i love everything about it so you mentioned a second ago you know that was your like welcome to college you know transition and mm -hmm. and, and kind of those are your words so when yeah. was your welcome to college moment on the football field you know we've talked with yeah. every one of these guys and it's, it's a question i think tommy loves to ask but i think it's a great question like what what's the what's the moment where you're like 
oh, this hits different, both figuratively and yeah. literally. You know, what, what was that moment for you? We're like, man, this we ain't in Kansas anymore. Yeah. I think I got a couple of moments. Like the very first moment was like fall camp day one, just the speed of play um, in like our team periods, like looking at the sideline, getting the call, bang, they're moving the ball, like just quick. And I mean, I got, I got adjusted to it pretty quick, but those first couple of practices um, were tough. Uh, and then like game wise, um, I'd probably have to go app state uh, just insane and like a literally insane game. <laughs> I'm like, are most college games like this? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, when you're like 18 year old thrust into that moment and it's 60 something to 60 something, you're just like, what is going on? Um, <laughs> and then after they brought the crowd too, so that, I mean, that was that was a fun game. So glad we won it because uh, it would be probably the worst game ever if we didn't. Um, and then another big moment for me, I felt like was Notre Dame. Um, sort of that was my first game. I think really contributing um, first tackle against Michael Mayer. Um, cool moment for me. Uh, and so, yeah, had a lot, had a lot of uh, crazy moments last year just for a freshman, se- freshman season. Um, but hopefully, hopefully there's not as many uh, scares this year. I'll just Let me ask you about that app state game. I was there. I'm on record. I was there. It was a, uh, it was certainly insane. Um, <laughs> glad you didn't read about me later. Um, <laughs> It was quite the adventure, not working that one. But uh, anyway, coach looks over and says, get in there. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Because like you said, <laughs> it is absolutely nuts. Yeah. And they're like, all right, 31. Oh, it was a million degrees too, right, Tommy? Yeah. It was hot. Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> that was like a four and a half hour game or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been like starting in the nine package, uh, which is like a third down package. So six DBs on the field. Uh, but we didn't want to show it really against FAMU. So I think, like, we had one play with it. But other than that, against FAMU, I was, like, special teams only. Um, and so, like, the first half, I went in a couple times. And then we, we had a we had a lead. So, you know, players are getting comfortable. Pressure's kind of dying down a little. Um, and then the later and later the game got, the more the defense was on the field especially. Um, but, I mean, I was, I was excited. Um, it was just it was a cool moment. You kind of like you're on the sidelines in an intense moment. You blink for a second. You're like, dang, it's pretty cool. Just the amount of, I mean, like it, there was a lot of pressure on the moment, but like at the same time, it's like pressure is a privilege. Uh, and just sort of like to be able to play in one of those moments uh, was pretty cool. So I asked this to uh, Drake. I think when Bryson catches the the onside <laughs> kick, um, tell me what the sidelines doing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those guys. I like think of any every situation. Like if we're up 14 points with 10 seconds, I'm like, guys, it's not over. Like we gotta lock in, just finish the game. And so I think we're we're up at that point. It was one point game. We're up, yeah, because they had just missed the point conversion. Oh my gosh, that was insane. And Uh, he was wide open. I'm like, all we need to do is get this on side, go down. I mean, I don't know if I thought about him scoring though. Like that's insane. Um. But like when he was running, I'm like, guys, he should go down. Uh, but even at that, point, <laughs> even at that point, I'm like, all right, eight point lead, ten seconds, let's go. Uh, I don't know. It, that it's just, you can't write a better script for television. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we we have talked and heard about that one for a lot. You you'll never not hear about that game. It was absolutely nuts. Great environment. I mean, if all college games are like that environment wise, <laughs> man, if it's like that in the SEC every week, then that's ridiculous. Or Keenan Stadium needs to be like that. But you talked about Notre Dame for a second. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's obviously the historical team or whatever. Um, and so it's a big deal when they come to town and Mayer was one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that was a cool moment. I mean, did you, when it happened, when you made that tackle on mm-hmm. this guy is one of the best to do it all American. Do you, do you have time to sort of recognize what you just did? Or is that something you see in film later and remember it? Yeah, it was more like, shoot, I thought I made that play cause it was third down and, uh, supposed to have, I'm supposed to have inside leverage and he gives me a little shake and bake and i thought i i thought i got the ball i'm like dang this dude's good um but i'm, I'm glad i got him down uh and so yeah it was it was a cool moment um i had a couple more ta- like that was my first tackle so i had a couple more tackles that game and just hearing your name on the on the loudspeakers i'm like this is sweet uh but <laughs> overall i mean that game we we came into it uh i knew like notre dame wasn't playing like notre dame at the beginning of the year like they were a better team than what they put on film um, so I'm, I was, I'm still disappointed about that game. I think our, our defense did not click, um, wish we had that one back, but you know, you just got to move on Excited for the season. Yeah. And we're talking with Will Hardy, certainly players lounge heels for life. Uh, Will, let me ask you about a gigantic moment. And that was at Duke mm-hmm. and, and certainly that was, um, another insane game yeah. and your play at the end certainly wrapped it up, but. Just sort of walk us through that play there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I tried to do with Drake is, is ask him, do you remember specific plays and walk us through them? Mm-hmm. Like the call, the play call, mm-hmm. what, what you were supposed to do, what you did and all that. Just set the stage there in that Duke moment because as North Carolina fans know, if that if you don't intercept that ball, yeah, who knows what happens. Who knows. Yeah. So um, thank goodness for Drake and Andre. Um, for that amazing drive. Um, but like, right again, like right in that moment, right when we scored, I'm like, all right, we got to get a stop. Like this game is not over. What by three, who cares? Let's get a stop. Um, and so I'm pretty sure there was around like 30 seconds left. We throw the defense on, um, throw the dime package in. Um, and so we're playing, I mean, base, like we're playing zone, we're dropping, uh, sort of letting them get underneath routes. We're not going to try to jump anything. Uh, and then at that point, there was probably 10, I think it was around 10 seconds left. Uh, and they were around the 50-yard line, right? So out of field goal range, um, probably had one more play, but they wouldn't, I mean, they're not going to throw a helmet yet. But they, so basically they need a 10, 15 yards to maybe get in field goal range or to have a better opportunity at a helmet. Uh, so the call we called was basically, um, I was, I actually was moved out of corner for that call. Um, and so my job was basically to let to, to sort of let one go in front of me, right? Play underneath one and just sit and wait for two coming out. If two's not coming out, I'll keep climbing. But I knew like that that's what they want to hit. They want to hit a little out route, 10 yards, 15 yards, and just get, get a little more, a couple more yards. Um, so I'm running with one. And right when I see two come out, I'm like, boom, eyes to the quarterback. This ball is coming my way. Uh, and I, th- I think I, I tell people, I think I would have had the pick, um, even if Noah didn't get a hand on it, but who knows? I'm glad he did. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great call by, by Chiz and good play design. 
but yeah, an amazing moment, I'll, I'll say. And then the refs, I remember the refs, well, they, they reviewed it um, to see if uh-huh. I caught it. And, like, everyone was asking, hey, did you catch it? I'm like, I swear I caught that ball. Like, <laughs> I held on to that thing so tight. I remember your your celebration was everything you would expect a true freshman yeah. to put into a celebration yes. of a pick of that magnitude. Will, how long did that ball stay in the air? In your mind, how long is that ball? Was that ball in the air? <laughs> I don't even remember like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I don't really remember that. I just remember like catching it, running, just like hand in the air, just running the side. But yeah, just watching our again, watching the zeal with which you show right after making that pick. I don't think anybody in light blue had any doubt that you actually caught it because <laughs> no, nobody would have sold it that well. Yeah, right? it was just yeah. it was it was clear that you yeah. you clearly got your arms under that, uh, despite the fact that the ball seemed to float for a day and a half, you know, real time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move towards this year a little bit, and I. You're a really cerebral guy. I've heard you kind of diagnose a couple of things, specifically when you were talking about that play right there. Mm-hmm. I think one of the misnomers that people have about dime packages and about plays that, you know, specifically the one you were talking about just now, where I think Duke was either in a four or a five wide set because they were trying to get somebody open to get quick yards. Mm-hmm. I think there's a bit of a, a misunderstanding between, you know, fans – and the game and guys that play the game and what an actual dime package is. Yeah. It's not that you're giving up, you know, anything in front of you. It's just, it, it puts you guys in more position where you have to make decisions. Correct. Yeah. I mean, our dime package was, ba- you know, it's basically our third, third and long package last year. Um, and a lot of the coverage we had really worked. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, some, some of the mistakes, it's not on the call. It's on the players. Like mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, any call you throw out there, we should be able to make a play unless it's some some crazy sort of um, drawn up play. But <clears throat> yeah, I think the big under the big like thing for me this upcoming season is uh is really like understanding the why behind every little detail, um, and also like how every single position ties in. Uh, so like you know why am I dropping down? Why am I rolling down this? Oh, it's because the linebacker's blitzing opposite, and just like every little detail. Um, and uh, so understanding like concepts, not just memorizing things is going to be huge for me this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. So I think something that a lot of fans thought last year, and, you know, we saw it on our message boards and, you know, you guys heard it in post-game press conferences, and I'm sure you heard it in film study, uh, is that, you know, you got nine guys doing the right thing and maybe two are off. Mm-hmm. You've got 11, you got 10 guys doing the right thing 
and maybe one's off or you got 11 guys and somebody takes a bad angle, whatever. How do you guys get that changed this year? What what are you going to do differently or what have you guys done differently uh, both in spring ball and, you know, now as you guys are, are working through the playbook going into August, what are, what are you doing differently this year to try to, to try to tighten some of that stuff up? Yeah, I think that's actually one of the things that coaches are working on the most is kind of getting everyone to understand the why and, and the big picture. So we're meeting more as a unit, less just like installing on just by, based off positions. Um, we're trying to like intro everything uh, for the whole defense. So everyone understands uh, so I understand what the D line's doing. So the three tech understands what the corner and just like the whole thing's got to connect. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the, one of the big things. It's also just communication uh, and accountability. I mean, at the end of the day, um, people can tell you what to do, but like, you gotta, you gotta do your job. You gotta trust that you doing your job will allow other people to make plays, even if, if it's not coming to you. So, How difficult, that's a great, let me to my question. How tough is it for guys that have been so good throughout their entire lives, college athletes, to get to, to get to, we'll say football, college football, and understand that I might not make the play, but if my guy makes the play and I do exactly what I'm supposed to do, then that's all that matters. How tough is that for players? I mean, you're still a young guy. How tough is that for young men to to figure out that it doesn't always have to be about me all I got to do is do my job. If somebody else makes the play, it's all good. Is that a difficult thing? Is that something you see? And I'm not talking about specific guys at North Carolina, but just in general in sports. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really difficult because naturally as humans, we just – and even told through social media, it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you, especially in the recruiting process. Like, it's 100% all about you. And when you get here, you're going to play and you're going to make plays. And, and so it's like for a freshman coming in when you're told – how much someone loves you, you expect just like you expect to make plays, you expect to get on the field early. Um, and so I think people do struggle with that. I mean, obviously, I want to make plays, right? Uh, but you got to do what's best for the team. Um, and so that takes some realizing. Um, but I think the more you're in the team, the more you realize, like, dang, this thing is so much bigger than me. Um, and so, like, anything I can do to help this whole program win is way more valuable than anything I can do just to – Help my success and the more we win the better you're going to look and the more publicity you're going to get and so i mean it all it all works together yeah uh, i mean drake understands that you know he could be great but if if the team stinks mm-hmm. you know who cares and and all that stuff and it's an interesting dynamic there is they always say it's all for the team well when you're in it like you are now it, it is and mm-hmm. if it's not then it doesn't work out looking towards this year and and let's be honest, statistically, you you were part of a really bad defense, statistically. Mm-hmm. Now, I can sort of say that those numbers aren't the whole story and certainly not the talent story, but how have you seen the coaches? Chiswick talked about in spring ball about they reevaluated everything they did too. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in it a year now. Um, how have you seen the change in mindset, not across the players, not only across the players, but just the whole program in general, that we got to get this right. We got to mm-hmm. be better um, if we want to have success because last year, nine and one and on the edge of something really special, mm-hmm. how has that transformed into summer of 2023 um, around the program? Yeah, I mean, I remember Chiz in the very first meeting, like post-Oregon game. So we're coming back and it's like January. 
I mean, he says like 100% his belief we will be the most improved defense in the nation. Like, there's no question, and I fully believe that too. Um, and that's going to come because of what we're like, what we're doing. It's not just going to like, okay, I mean, we were bad, so we must be. You know, we're going to freaking work the hardest and improve the most. Um, and that's I've seen that mostly through just like the accountability aspect. Things that used to slide um, don't like you know are getting called out now. Um, every player is like dialed in. I think it's the desire to to win and like we saw it last year. We saw the kind of like the the potential we had and all of that. You know we're up here and lose lose the last four. Um, and so I think every player on this team like really wants to win and they want to win bad um, and they know we can win. I mean, because, like, if you don't think we can win, like, leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need you on the team. Um, and so I think that, like, the belief aspect, but also just the uh, the de- in, the accountability and then also the details. We brought in um, a couple of new coaches and, and some new analysts who have, like, really helped, uh, like, everything, like, in the details. Um, and so, again, like, understand the why behind everything. Um, everything seems more clear this uh, this season, um, so I'm I'm really excited. What's it like going? And I know you've battled some injuries, and we're sort of on the shelf there in spring. But what's it like going against? I, I'll tell you another thing. I keep pulling from the Drake interview, but Drake said, "I know the de- basically said I know the defense is getting better because some of our money plays that we always could make that list is getting smaller against our own defense. What's it like?" your defense going up against that offense every day. Yeah, I mean, it makes you better, no question. Um, Drake's a great player, and so if you lose leverage by just an inch, I mean, like, he's going to make the throw. Um, and so having, like, players like that that can expose your every little weakness, it helps you realize your weaknesses because if you're playing against guys that, you know, aren't as talented, uh, you're going to think you're doing a great job, and then you get to an actual game and, shoot you were you were doing it all wrong the whole time um and so just like competition on competition like it helps everyone gets better from it um so i, I love i love the new additions of nate call nate mccollum and uh tez walker those dudes can roll um so just it just makes you a better player because when you go into those big time moments uh you're gonna be playing some real athletes that can run um so i, I love it Talking with Will Hardy here on heel on the Heels for Life Players Lounge on InsideCarolina.com. Tommy, to me, it feels like we're talking to a very seasoned, grizzled vet. And I know he's only got a year under his belt and a handful of starts. But, Will, you sound like a guy that's got some leadership potential. And when you're coming off of a, of a year, like you said, you know, last year where you guys didn't have the year you wanted, how are you stepping up and being a leader on this defense and what are the things you're trying to show guys that are new to the program, whether they came in early or whether they're they're coming in, you know, right now and, and next month? What, what's what's your style of leadership for them? What are, what are you trying to tell them? Yeah, I mean, I like being a vocal guy um, with the new freshmen just coming in. Like, you know, they're, they're learning the playbook from scratch. And so every way I can to help them kind of understand the basics and then keep getting deeper and deeper into, into the whys, um, I try to um, – but yeah, I mean, I just I try to lead the group with, especially with a lot of the uh, a lot of guys leaving last year, a lot of guys leaving the transfer portal, uh, or even just graduating. Um, it sort of opened the window for like we need we need leaders in this position. Um, so I mean, that's been one of my biggest goals this year. 
uh, is to is to become one of the big leaders. Uh, I think it was sort of hard for me being injured um, to lead, like to really become a leader on the whole team. Just wasn't participating in workouts. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't able to be around the team a ton in the spring. Um, but I think this summer is going to be big for me. Um, and then obviously fall camp, the season, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead as best I can. Well, and again, another veteran move. You did it for Tommy earlier. You're doing it for me now. You're leading the interview to the next question. And you mentioned the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we've talked with your teammates about so far on the Players' Lounge is, is who's going to turn some heads or who's a real one or who's, who's the guy that, that people are going to absolutely, you know, snap their heads at when they see him in a game. Mm-hmm. The name that keeps coming up is Elijah Huzzy. Yeah, and, and so that's your boy. You guys are in the same. You know, you guys are on the same side of the field. You're yeah. your, your back end guys. Tell me right now, uh, your impression of, of Elijah Huzzy and is is he you know as advertised? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a baller. Um, like you see his film, you know, like, and or his stats. He's like, dude, this dude's got so many interceptions. Like the accolades. Like I mean, obviously he must be good, but like. I don't know. Is it is it where he was playing? Uh, no, like he comes out here and like just turns heads first practice. Um, it's and it's really just like his quickness. Uh, that's the thing that's like surprised me the most when we go do individual drills. Just like the the quickness he has to. It'll. I mean, like it, there's a there's a small difference between a, a PBU and an interception or a catch in that PBU, um, and like. I think his his ability to change direction, um, and then have just an eye for the ball, and like he just knows when to when the ball is being thrown, when to when to turn. Um, he's a, he's a great player, and I'm I'm, like, I'm really excited to have him. I expect him to have a big year, uh, a lot of interceptions. Yeah, I, I mean he leads the list when everybody's talking about, it, as does Tez Walker and Nate on the other side. Um, give us some guys that have – and we're going to have a couple fun questions here in a second, but one more about next year. Give us a couple guys that you've seen, whether it's in summer workouts or what you were able to see and take part in spring that maybe have stepped up from last year that have been on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter the position, just somebody that may surprise some people with their improvement. Yeah, I'll say one of the young guys, Amari Campbell, um, re- like really good player. Uh, and I know there's – you know, we got Sed and Power, uh, who like didn't miss a snap last year. But when when there's an opportunity and one of them needs a break, he's gonna like he's gonna be a really good player for us. Um, especially once they leave. Uh just he made a lot of plays this offseason. Um and then another guy uh, I think is gonna be really good. Uh Bo Atkinson. He's gotta be the hardest worker on the team. Um, me and him are buddies, we're really close, but uh we sort of compete with who you know who's working the hardest. He's strong. He's freaking. I mean, he's powerful. Uh, he's gotten a lot quicker, a lot more mobile. Um, <clears throat> really working on his on the details. Um, so I, I expect I expect some, some stuff out of him, uh, especially next year. Just um, I, I think he's gonna be a freaking force. Um, and then another guy, uh, I think Stick Lane. Uh, he's, he's gonna be a good player. He's only been here a week. Already, uh, already pretty impressive. Um, so I, I like what I see out of him. I think he's going to be a, a big addition for us. Yeah, that is. Stick is obviously Antavius Lane for folks mm-hmm. listening that don't keep up with the nicknames. Will, last question for me before I kick it to Joey. Why 31? Just curious. Yeah, I mean, there there is a little uh, a little reason. My birthday is March 1st. So that's 3-1 on the calendar. Um, 
but I mean, I mean, there were there weren't that many options, honestly, as a freshman. <laughs> uh, like it was twenty nine to thirty one. I'm like, all right, Marcus, you can have twenty nine. I'll take thirty one. Then I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess it is my birthday. That's pretty cool. Um, and then even like in the off season, there's there was some opportunity to like change my number. Like, nah, I've already I've already I feel like played enough to to where I think thirty one. You you can sort of tell Will Hardy number thirty one. Um, and obviously it's, it's the player that makes the number, not the number that makes the player. And so I, I sort of like having, um, one of those, you know, not single digit numbers and kind of gives, gives me a little edge. So, all right, let's do a little, uh, go ahead, Tommy. No, I was going to say, um, parents, who, who gives you the hardest time? You, you father that's a coach or your mom? Who's my the more mom. critical? My mom. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody says that it's always that way. I mean, it is hilarious. Anyway, be listening to this tomorrow. Be mad at me. Hey, man, blame me, mom. You can blame me. I asked the question. I didn't tell her I I was doing this because I knew she would have been like, Hey, make sure you do this. Make sure (laughs) look, man, they bring you into this world, they can absolutely take you out. So, (laughs) you're right. Um, all right, so let's play a little word of word association before we uh we let you get out of here. Um, favorite place in Chapel Hill to eat? Ooh, I'll go Sup Dogs. It's the best tasting food. Not healthy for you, but what right. do you get? What's, what's your go to order? I'll get like the uh, I don't know if it, what, know what it's called, but it's like a burger with like French fries on the burger. Oh, that's a very it's a very Pittsburgh thing. Um, okay. All right, so I, I know I, I said word association, then I asked you a question. Let's do word <laughs> association. I'll give you one word. You give me one word back. All right, Gene Chiswick. Dedicated. Uh, North Carolina. Tariels. <laughs> Peach dessert. You said beach? Peach. Peach. P-E-A-C-H. Oh, like peach cobbler. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, and I'm going to try to tweak this a, a little bit. Uh, you get the auxiliary plug. Mm, country music. <laughs> All right. Nice. Um, Chris Stapleton. Uh, Shoot. What's my favorite Chris Stapleton song? Joey, you should probably leave. I don't even know. Why should I leave? No, that's I a song. That's a Chris Stapleton song. Oh, I thought God, you were I okay. I'm not. I, look, do it. Oh yeah. Will, yeah. Will you'll learn? Will you'll learn? Tommy's always trying to either murder me or or, <laughs> or get rid of me in a show or on a radio show. So. I've got the mute button. Uh, who's your favorite? <laughs> Who, it, if you're gonna listen to uh, not me, not us, but it, it, if you were gonna like right now on your phone. If yeah. I if I punched up your music on your phone, what comes up? Uh, just because it's summer, probably Kenny Chesney. Seen him in concert. Yes, it's a pretty good concert. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, it's little guy puts on a show. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, NFL team. Falcons. Georgia Bulldogs. Coach by Carolina guy. That's a, you got to love got to love that. Yeah. Man. Uh, also, we we didn't mention like how did you get away from Georgia? Do you just want to carve out your own path? I mean, they didn't. I mean, they didn't talk to me. Georgia Tech was a. I showed them a little interest, but my grandpa never would have let me go there. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't. You can't. Can't set those family ties on fire. All right. Last thing. What does Will Hardy want to be in the future if he's not? Uh, if he's not playing football, what's what are your goals out, outside of football when you get older? Yeah. So right now, I'm taking. Uh, I'm on the track to get a business degree. Um, don't really know what I want to, what I would want to do with a business degree. 
Um, also going to get like a coaching education minor. Um, so I've always had an interest in coaching. Um, just been around it my whole life. So something in the business realm, um, maybe someone with finance, possibly real estate or going to coaching. So. No, no uh, sports announcing. You can come on and do this. You know, I need a, I need a new host. I mean, I, I need a. <laughs> See what I say, Will? See what I, I tell you? The man, the man. Check this to... out right here. Look right here. I can slide your picture up here and just put his <laughs> off. Give me a mic. Give me a mic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe we can do it sometime. That is Will Hardy. Will, we do appreciate you taking the time this evening to talk to us. I mean, Hills for Life is fantastic for you guys. They've been good to us setting up these interviews. Um, so we can talk to you. So shout out to Graham and to Jacob and appreciate Joey joining me to talk to you. I mean, it, it's always fun. One thing I've tried to do, and I said before we started, and I hope we've done that for people listening, is, is I always tell people about college athletes. They're just regular students that can play a sport. They got a, a good talent. So just sort of throw it out. I'm going to throw it back to you to to send us out of here. I asked Drake what he wanted to be seen as walking around on campus. And it's sort of an interesting question. He's like, I'm just a regular dude. And that's what they've, all you guys have said, just sort of, what do you say to your fellow students, to the fans and all, when they think of Will Hardy, the football player, what, what more is Will Hardy than a football player? Yeah. I think the number one thing is um, I'm a son of God, right? Uh, My faith is, super important to me um so i want that to be seen in every setting i'm in um and then also like i mean i want i want to just meet people and be one of the nicest guys on campus uh don't want people to sort of like see me as a football player and just assume something about me like okay he's probably not gonna talk to me i want to connect with people um and uh i just want to want to meet people and um not be afraid to, you know, make, make connections. Cause you never know down the line, uh, the students you're, you're taking classes with probably, probably going to end up being my boss. So. <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome. And again, appreciate your time. Appreciate Hills for life. Joey, anything left, my friend, I don't want to leave you hanging. I know you no, like to talk. Hey man, you did it. I don't know where you get that from. You just, you just wrap the show really well. And, and again, more of, more of will and less of us is always a good thing. Will, appreciate your time, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck this coming season. And Hey, Next time you, you get one of these picks and you streak it across the field, just take the ball and flip it up to Tommy and, and right. he'll, he'll hold up there for you. <laughs> All right, Mr. Hardy, we appreciate it. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Be on the lookout for more of these. We've got five or six more over the course of the summer. I think Miles Murphy yes, is sir. on tap for next week. So, folks, be on the lookout for that one. Should be a fun one with Joey and Taylor Vipolis. That's Will Hardy. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Joey Powell. It's been the Players Lounge. Thanks, folks. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.